It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Road Airport Podcast in association with Southern Community Soup Kitchen. It's Gav back for another pre-season update. Joined by Chris as always. Hi mate. Hello Gavin. Yes, I'm, uh, I've got my Roasted hazelnut coffee. I've got my orange juice. I'm not wearing shades. I think I'm ready to go. Yeah, now. it was a late one. Although for us, the the seasoned pre-season <laughs> watchers of streams, I've been up for all of them. Staying up past four o'clock in the morning when I've got work the next day and all the rest of it, you know. Wait, so this was a this was like a, this was a yeah this was a light one. I felt I felt you know <laughs> a little treat. Although the, the the club managed to sort of balls up. The announcement of the kickoff time, so I wasn't sure whether I was going to be staying up till three or two, but turned out to be two because the game kicked off at twelve. And yeah, I'm feeling fresh, me compared to how I felt after the New Mexico game, where I felt like an absolute bag of shit because I literally it, it must have been half four before I got to bed. Then I had to get up the next day, um, but the things you do, I guess, to watch Sunderland. I mean, to be honest, I told myself weeks ago I was like, I'm not staying up for these games. Bollocks to it. I'm not staying up till four in the morning to watch Sunderland playing a daft friendly and then the, the time came didn't it and I was like I, I might stay up you know I might I don't really want to miss out I get proper FOMO you know I couldn't be one of these who wake up the next day like oh what was the game like who scored now nah, I've got to watch it live I've got to see what's going on but yeah I mean we might as well jump straight into it the, the tour itself's been pretty beneficial on it I've enjoyed it I, I know when they first announced it what was it four or five months ago maybe longer now when they announced they were going over to the US, I seen the the list of teams we were playing, and I was a bit, oh, really? We're playing a couple of teams in the second division, a team in the third division. What's the point? You know, can we not get better opposition back home? Can we not go to maybe Europe and play a better standard of opposition in warm weather there? But having watched it all unfold and seen how the club have actually conducted themselves over there and dealt with you know the fans and the hospitality from the clubs that we've we've worked with and hearing all about the, the difficulty of working in the conditions and the the humidity and the heat and the altitude even when we played New Mexico, that was talked about quite a bit. I think it's safe to say that this has been a successful trip, hasn't it? I think the club have done well, yeah. I heard the uh, the New Mexico commentators talking about this. The, the games were actually planned a couple of years ago. They were hoping to get there last year. It didn't happen. So they've looked at this particular area of America and thought, why not, you know? Let's go over there. Let's put the players through their paces in some difficult conditions and 
we can talk about the games in a bit, but I mean, generally speaking, you know, working hard in the heat is difficult and the players will come back to the northeast and they'll get off the plane and say it's pissing down it's freezing and think bloody hell what a difference but they'll feel the benefit <laughs> oh no I, well i think i put in the preview um with the heats that they've been having i bet you there's some of the lads they just can't wait to get to the freezing cold of the academy of light <laughs> Um, they're looking forward. They're looking forward to the wind blown through the the pitches and the wind tunnel. Putting that is the snoods on and all the rest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they'll all be wearing gloves next week in, on, the, yeah. on the training pitch and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I mean, that, you talked about the opposition, but but that's what it's all about. They're, they've been playing in for, like almost forty degree heat, playing and playing ninety minutes as well, which I think we should yeah. come on to. Is a bit of a I've never seen that in pre season, and I wonder if. You know, you were talking about the level of opposition and actually what it, what it has done in, in at least the, the kind of second two, the, the New Mexico and the um, North Carolina game especially, it levelled the playing field as the game went on. Yeah, it did. Which kind of made it kind of difficult for the for the players and made it more of a kind of competitive game. But I, I wanna, we'll, we'll come back on to that 90-minute policy. But yeah, you can see, I mean, just by that as well, like the fitness, it's all about that. It's all just kind of really kind of it's almost kind of stress testing the players in these conditions it's like putting them mm-hmm. to their limits playing kind of 90 minutes at 35 36 even even higher uh temperatures than that i mean especially in the the first game in san antonio and texas i mean that was that was kind of bordering on 40 degrees and the humidity as well i mean you know that that's up there as well working hard in those those conditions i mean like i said i mean the only thing that i would say is a, is a tour as a whole in terms of the how they've planned it out and I think it's been great, and I think that the teams have been good, and I think I actually don't mind that level because actually they had a lot of young lads who had lots of legs. They were really quick, and I'm talking about the opposition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so it was a good test in that way. But the only thing I would I would say was if you just look at the distances. Now, what I didn't understand was playing San Antonio and then going to Albuquerque. You're talking of a trip of because we're only there for about a week. So that first trip was 700 miles, roughly. You know, maybe not as the crow flies, but roughly about seven, eight hundred miles. And then we went eighteen hundred miles east. And what I didn't get was, you know, if you're gonna play three games, why not, you know, um, you know, if you said it's been planned for that long, you surely we might have been able to plan a game in Arizona or Oklahoma, Colorado, Kansas, Utah, somewhere somewhere around New Mexico and, and Texas rather than the other side of the yeah. country. Uh, it just seems like, you know, to to go 700 miles and then fly another 1,800 miles. I don't know. But that, that would be the only thing that I would be kind of questioning, thinking, you know, that, that's a lot of travelling in a week. But no, I think it's been great. I think I think the way that they've done it, I, I really like the, and I talked about this last time, I really like the schedule of getting back for a couple of weeks, playing two local games, then flying out on tour, playing the three games. As I said, I, I'm sure the club would have preferred the three games to be Although certainly the third game to have been closer to the to the first two, I think it was a bit. Maybe you can see it's on the way back or something like that if you if you're looking for. A, but uh, but yeah, on the whole, I think it's been cracking and I've uh, I've enjoyed it. And um, actually, I, I don't think I I don't think I quite get into pre-season tours as much as I have this one. I'd agree. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I think um, generally, I I mentioned it before. I, I didn't want to miss the games. Where in certainly in previous years. I haven't been too bothered, yeah. really, and yeah. and it's normally because I'm not as optimistic, excited <laughs> as I am right now. Like I just, we could be playing the dog and duck at five in the morning, and I'd probably watch it because I just don't want to miss a game. It's it's the way the club's got us feeling at the minute, you know. Even 
like and we'll, we'll come on to the game in more more depth the North Carolina game but even that one I've seen the lineup and I'm excited just by looking at the team I was like oh you know new lads playing at the back Riggs starting again and all this I, I just get excited when I see the team sheet now and I think that's I think you're right I think it's just I'm really into it because I'm into the club so much right now and just on the distance thing everything's miles away in America and I didn't really so it's huge <laughs> it's absolutely massive I was looking at this the other day um, the distance between San Antonio and New Mexico, as you say, if you if you just look at the map, like from afar, if you go on Google Maps and you just plot them out and you see it, you think, oh, they're not too far away from each other. And then you and then you you sort of do the 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 trip and you look, and it's like ten hours of driving distance away. And the, but on the map, they don't actually look too far away. The US is huge, isn't it? It's just absolutely massive. Um, I mean compared to us we're just a dot on the map really aren't we but it's nice that we've been able to go to these places and like i said before the, these clubs have really embraced us like even watching the because all the streams have been provided by the clubs we've played and they just make a huge deal out of sunland because i guess we're kind of a big deal i don't know in the words of uh is it ron burgundy <laughs> we, we, we're going to these places and they're like oh it's a it's a really historic because obviously the american clubs they don't have history they're not big historic football clubs and um, they don't have the history in the fan base and with a lot of soccer fans you know over there their general the word, didn't you? <laughs> yeah their their general knowledge of the history of football for a lot of them they're new fans so it's educational in a way you know north carolina are putting on a, a spectacle where this big historic football club from England have come across who've had a Netflix series, which a lot of them will know us for. And it's teaching their fans, like, you know, football is quite historic in England and this, that, and that. So, it, you know, we've been treated like a, a big deal and the hospitality we've received has been amazing. I think that's the one thing for me coming off the back of it is the way we've been received by these clubs and the way they've treated our players and the fans, um, second and on. I wouldn't think twice about going back out there, honest. Mm. I think this should be... Not every year, but every sort of three, four years, we should be looking at going over to the States to do this sort of tour again because I just all I've seen are benefits. And yes, it would be nice to have played maybe one game against higher-level opposition, you know, maybe an MLS team, but I'm clutching at straws to find issues with the tour in general. I'm just really happy with how it's all went, and I think we're only going back to the UK now with, with positives in mind and not negatives. But I think what you're talking about the level of opposition, and, and I, I think... I think it's all good preparation to go into the Malota game, so that's that. That is the game where he's gonna he's gonna really kind of. That's the last preparation. I yeah, mean, you're, I, building, I you're building up. You're I, building up. I know. We've, I know we've got Hartley Pearl, and you know I'm I'm not going to try and pronounce it like that commentator pronounced it. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> Hartley Town. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm not even, laughs> but uh, but yeah, I'm sure a few people were upset after that. But uh, bless but, yeah, him. I mean, but before you go, Pat, bless him. Though, you know he's trying his best. <laughs> He's got this. You can tell he must have had this massive sheet of notes on every player, who they played for, where they were born, what they had for the tea yesterday. Oh, he, you know what I mean? He was brilliant. trying his best. Ah, oh, he was. You it's, know, I mean, you can't fault him for that. That's it. His prep was unbelievable. He puts us to shame because you know, our, our prep it, exists sort of five minutes before we start. We just watch a video but, on YouTube and remind ourselves who played, and that's it. You know, this guy's next level. Yeah, no, his, his prep was his prep was brilliant. But being down here, I liked his Rotherham. 
um, <laughs> and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, Birmingham, <laughs> Birmingham. Um, but yeah, but it was good. It was good. It, it kind of got you got you into kind of that US. It's almost like you were there with uh, people commentating <laughs> like that. But um, but yeah, no, it was good. And like I said, it, it's all been building up, and I think that's going to be that Maloka at uh, the stadium. Like that's going to be that's going to be the big one where where we'll see. The building up to that opening game of the season, we'll see some partnerships. We'll see what Mowbray wants to do, and actually, the, the commentator said that as well. Actually, but I was just going to um, quickly go on to uh, what you were talking about. Um, you know, us. I mean, look, we, we think we're a big deal. You know how much we think we're a big deal. We think we're the biggest club on earth. But you know, the commentator was talking about you know going back to the Premier League days. I mean, moments like he talked about the Defoe volley against the Mags and all this sort of stuff, and. You know, over there that we were in the Premier League for for ten years, and people remember that. You know, the Premier League's massive out there, and people still know yeah. Sunderland, even though we've been in League One for <laughs> we were there for four years. People still remember these, and the, the commentators were getting onto these moments of us being in the Premier League and uh, big moments. And you know, the you yeah. know, thinking back to those ten years, there were a few good good moments in there somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah, it it he was rubbing the salt in a little bit for us there because. You know, I missed that Defoe goal going for piss. So every time I hear about it, it hurts deeply because I missed probably the best ever goal scored in a derby just because I had a weak bladder and I decided six pints before the game was a good idea. And and I haven't thought about that for a little while and then he mentioned it and, then, you know, my world came crashing down again, unfortunately. <laughs> But it was good. It was good, and, and like I said, I, I think you're right. I think we are, you know, like you know, Sunderland's a name, and I think that it's probably good timing as well. After the after the Netflix, it's probably the first opportunity after the Netflix kind of came out to to get across there. And like you said, with with the next season coming out on Netflix, I'd be interested if we keep going back or whether we'll do a rotation and go out to Asia and and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah, that's one for next year. We could. I don't know if you saw Wrexham are out there at the minute in the US, yeah. but they. They're doing the whole, yeah. They got battered off. They played Chelsea and got battered five nil. And then they've got a couple of games against MLS teams. I think they're playing LA Galaxy and Philadelphia Union. I might be wrong, Um, but that's the other way to approach it. You could go out there. There's obviously there's other big European clubs out there. You could play a game against one of them. You could play a couple of MLS teams who again are in the middle of their season. And We've went a different route. Obviously, we've basically picked the games on. We we want to be in the, as pretty much as south as we could get, because mm. that's where the heat is. That's where the humidity is. That's where the altitude's higher. So you know you've got it. You've got to give credit to the club. They've been pretty meticulous with. So they wanted to be in the south. They wanted to be playing teams down there. You know that I, I can see why. You know you could go to you could go to Portugal and it'll be thirty odd degrees, but it won't have the same humidity. It won't have the the altitude which really tests your fitness. Mm. And and again, you know, and one thing we haven't mentioned, it's nice. We've got a probably one of the best run, if not the best run branch we've got, is the one in the States, mm. the North American Supporters Association. And it's just nice to be able to send the, the club out there for a couple of weeks and give those fans who are really loyal and committed, you know, they might not get every game, but a lot of them spend thousands every year flying over to Sunderland just to watch the team. Um, they're the ones getting up in the middle of the night to watch us play or first thing in the morning. So it's nice to be able to give them some moments as well. I, I noticed a lot of tweets from from fans out there who've never seen the team before. And it's like, can you imagine you, you, you love this club? Like We all love it in different ways, but we all love the club. And you love this football club as much as, as we do, but you've never actually seen them play in person. And then they just rock up in your city and you, and you get to watch them play and it must be amazing, like I, I, it, 
I, what I want to do is talk to somebody maybe who that describes their experience because um, I can't imagine what it feels like just to see these players that you idolise walk in front of you for the first time and actually just see them play a game. It must be amazing. I, I, but you talk about in their backyard... I mean, we talked about how massive it is. You know, people who are you know people who are in New York or something like that. They've probably travelled about seven hours or something like yeah, that to get there. Yeah, true. And the rest, yeah, you know. So yeah, like I say, just a a brilliant tour, I think. And then um, we might as well talk about the two games we haven't covered off properly because last time we did a pod, we just played San Antonio, um, and then we went into the New Mexico game through the week. Again, two o'clock in the morning, kicked off over here on a, I think it was Thursday morning, which was a struggle getting up in the morning. Like, I mean. Mm. By one, two in the afternoon, I was I was proper struggling, but I'm glad I got up for it because I thought, like pretty much every game to that point, we actually played at a pace which wasn't of. I wasn't watching it and thinking, "Oh, this is like a preseason game." I thought it was played at a decent pace, and um, again, this is another thing with playing. And we mentioned this when we talked about San Antonio. This is a thing about when you play a team in the middle of their season; they're all fit, so they're not they're not just sitting back and playing at. at sort of pre-season friendly pace and that makes you step up that makes you go a little bit harder into tackles and pressing and all the rest of it um and it i thought it made for a good occasion yes we tie it towards the end but given that we played the same 11 players for 90 minutes that was always going to be the case mowbray said this that he was going to split the squads and give both teams 90 minutes because fitness wise that's really important it's a it's a check in the box they've all played 90 minutes or most of them have played 90 minutes and yeah, I, I thought it was a good game. I mean, to be 3-0 up in any game is good. But the first half, up until the, the, the point which we got the first goal, I thought it was neck and neck. I thought New Mexico played pretty well. I thought they gave as good as they got. There was a five-minute period before we scored where I actually thought we were going to concede and that they were on top. And then out of nowhere, Pierre Ecuador. I mean, you'll have seen the goal if you're listening to this, I'm sure. What a goal. Absolute bullet. I mean... I'm glad that they've actually released the highlights now of the the game played in real time because the the highlights that we put out on Twitter and all the rest of it were in slow motion because at the time I'm watching it and the camera doesn't keep up with the ball. He hits it that that hard. Nobody's expecting him to hit it. I think they they back off a little bit and he bats it towards goal straight in the top corner. The keeper gets nowhere near it. And I don't know if you've seen the, um, the footage that the club put out on social media, but it's brilliant. The cameraman behind the goal holding the camera gets the goal and then uh, the ball hits the back of the net. Pritchard grabs it, sort of shrugs his shoulder, and l- when he looks at the goalkeeper, as if to say, "You can't do much about that, mate." <laughs> I mean, it was it was a fantastic goal, wasn't it? That that's a real sign that there's more to come from Pierre over the coming months. What a cracking goal! And you, you know what the the best thing about it is, and I'm I'm just kind of watching it again now. But the the best thing about it is how how casually he does it. Like, he just he just <laughs> I like he's it done it a of... million times in training yeah. the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, obviously, the, just the celebration and walking away and just going, yeah, yeah, but I've just smashed it in from from thirty yards. But it was it was just the one touch out of his feet, and he he didn't. You know, you you see some players when they're really smashing the ball and they have to kind of prepare themselves. He almost had no back lift at all. He just took one step into it and just absolutely smashed it. But yeah, Egg was. Uh, I'm glad he. I'm glad he's done what he's done in preseason because he's taken it. And I know preseason. You know, you can you can say what you want about preseason. It's you know it is what it is. But he's looked apart and carried on from his from his form at the end of the season. And he's looked at times. He's actually looked even better. He's looking like he's uh, you know possibly cementing a place in in that central midfield because 
If you look at that, the team that we put out in that game, I think already you're starting to see partnerships forming. So I think looking at the teams that he's put out, I look at it the way Mowbray's putting certain partnerships together in certain games. So in the midfield, he had Dan Neal and Equa together. And I can, as we stand, I know there's still, there's still the Maloka game, there's still some time. But as we stand, I I can see Mowbray, that's what he's going to go with. He's going to go with Equa and Dan Neal in the middle. And because I thought it was interesting, he went with that partnership in the middle game, 90 minutes, and then they got a bit of a rest for the North Carolina game. And then I'd imagine they will start the Maloka game at the weekend. So I can see that in terms of partnership. The other partnership I thought was really interesting, which again, I'm I'm pleased to see because I was a little bit worried about Pritchard going into the summer. What what was going to happen with his future? Where, you know, what was going to happen? I mean, I could... as the season finished and you looked at the squad, you could potentially see Pritchard maybe moving on or what we, what were we going to do with him? Was he going to be, you know, let's say we were looking to play two up front and we might still be doing that depending on what strikers we bring in. But I was, I was thinking what's Pritchard's role going to be next season? Is he still going to be around? And actually in pre-season, when he's been given the opportunity to play off Hamia, you can see what Pritchard's game is. Yeah, and he, the way he floats around because early in the game he almost had a sighter where he pulled off to the edge of the box, went a little bit wide, and then just tried to play a flat ball into Hamia, just just kind of at head height. He didn't kind of float it in; he just played it at, at head height. And you can already see that he's seen Hamia working in training, and he knows he's a tar- he knows he's there. How many times last season in the games when Pritchard had possession on the edge of the box, and he had to look back or he had to go yeah. sideways because there was nobody ahead of him. Because everyone was coming, everyone was dropping deep rather than going beyond. And now he's got somebody ahead of him. You can see he's got the ball looking up and he can see someone and he's picking him out. And then he had a bit of a sighter early on that nearly got to him here. And then the goal just looked so easy. And yeah. that's that's Alex Pritchard. That's what he needs. If you give him somebody ahead of him, he'll pick him out. He's that sort of player. He just needs a target to say, look, give me the ball. I'll I'll pick him out. I remember. You know, going going way back, Eric Gates, where he used to say, "Give me the ball, and I'll get I'll get Marco on his bike, and he'll be in, and I'll find him." And, and Pritchard's yeah. a bit like that, where if you give him the ball, he'll pick someone out who's making a run or he's is in the box. So at the minute, I, I, obviously, we've got no other option than Hamir up front in terms of the, the the striking positions. But I can I can see that being a being a really tasty partnership at the minute. Like Pritchard looking like he's working off him, yeah, because. The other thing as well, in all of the preseason games, you look at the Shields and the Gateshead games, you looked at the New Mexico and North Carolina games. If you look at them two as pairs of games, the the difference at the minute, I think, of us having a striker and not is is kind of night and day. I mean, even though we got some early goals against North Carolina, we had to play a different way. We were talking about Bennett possibly playing up top, but you can see he can't do it on his own. He can't do it as a lone striker. He has to play off someone, and and that 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 is a massive difference at the minute. And I think, I, well, I certainly noticed between the Shields and the Gateshead game and the New Mexico and North Carolina game. So even though, yeah, you can talk about the opposition, the opposition, you know, are at a certain level, but these things are starting to come through. Like you can see certain partnerships, you can see things working, not working. Um, 
And I thought that the New Mexico game was 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 good for that. You, you saw a couple of partnerships re- really coming off and and starting to to kind of build. And like I said, those two partnerships, the central midfield and Pritchard Hamia, um, at the minute, I'm expecting to see them against Mallorca as well. Yeah, I think back a little further, and you you go back to the season we got promoted. That partnership between Pritchard and Ross Stewart was a big factor in why we went yeah. up. And Pritchard barely had any time on the pitch with with Stewart last season, and I think that's why you underwhelmed for the majority. And you bang on. I think it's because he had nobody to play off really. Um, out of the you look at the squad, and we've got so many players now who are all back fit and all the rest of it. He's the most natural option in that 10 position. I mean, I think I think Chris Riggs had a fantastic pre-season, mm. but we're going to have to take a step back with him. He's 16-year-old. He's not going to start games straight away. But I think I think actually Pritchard has low-key had a very good pre-season, and that's a big reason why, because he's mainly played off him here and had somebody uh, as a focal point to hit. And, and just, you know, you mentioned the goal, the second one. It was. It was a great pick out by Pritchard, and he doesn't even jump him here. That's how yeah. you know he's massive, and he doesn't have to jump. I think he's peeled off like the fullback or something, nods it down, and it it just looks so simple. That's what we lacked at times last season. Yeah, the quality of the cross, just brilliant, right? Yeah. On his head. Oh yeah, fan- fantastic. Yeah, um, and then the third goal was. To be fair, I say it's scrappy, and the finish was scrappy, but the actual build up play was pretty good. Pritchard again, he plays like a sort of a looped, lofted ball, which 9 runs onto, and 9 plays at first time with his instep across the box and causes all kinds of bother. Himia has a bit of an air shot and misses the ball, which ends up working out for the best. It lands to Lahadji, he has his first shot saved, and then it just comes back out to him and he taps it in. And yeah, I think I think another player who's had a, a decent preseason is Lahadji. He deserved his goal. And then, to be honest, as the game wore on, the, the, the sort of the, the fitness told, this was the one where... All they talked about was how much it was played at altitude and it was difficult and all the rest of it. And, um, you know, New Mexico rotated their entire team at halftime, I think. So they had fresher legs than we did. And the, even then, though, you look at the goals we conceded. The the first one we conceded is a massive deflection. I think it comes up off Hume. And I felt sorry for, for Matthew Young in goal because he had a brilliant game. First ever game as a as a Sunderland player, a senior player, 16-year-old. You look at him, he's an absolute monster. Doesn't look 16. I want to check what his dad's been feeding him like because he's there, uh, he's massive. <laughs> but I thought he had a cracking game first half. He 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 made loads of good saves, good at playing the ball out from the back. And yeah, he probably deserved a, a clean sheet for his performance. But two minutes from the end, we conceded that one. And then uh, the ref gave a penalty in, in the last minute of the game and it was never a penalty. And... Isaac Zuleta scored it and that made it 3-2 so I think the um, the scoreline perhaps downplays the dominance we showed in the game we were by far the better team like yeah plenty of positives and and, and that set us up nicely for the for the next game which was going to obviously be a rotated team and these lads knew off the back of that we've had 90 minutes we've had a chance to to get you know the game time and all the rest of it and we're going to we're going to maybe just train and see the rest of the trip out that way. Just before we get into the the North Carolina game, I, I was gonna I was gonna kind of pick your brains on what you think we're gonna do in the goalkeeper department because obviously with with Bass gone, we've got a couple of options because obviously Patterson's first choice and he's kind of one, you know first name on the team team sheet at the minute. It's going to be Patterson. Patterson's the number one, so it's a tough situation for for bringing someone in because you bring someone in and they know that they're going to start off on the bench. They're going to 
they're going to get splinters in their backside just like Bass. And they, they, a lot of keepers might look at what happened with, with Alex Bass last season and think, well, do I want to be in that position? So the club have got a couple of options. Do they fast track someone like Richardson? Or, you know, I mean, young, young is too young, you know, 16 year old, <laughs> even, even though he's absolutely massive. But do you fast track someone like Richardson and say, well, you can, you know, you're on the bench for first team games? Or, mm. you know, do you, do you bring an older head in to really push Patterson? But then you've got someone, you've got a really odd situation where they might just be sat on the bench and there might be a pain in the backside and you don't know how that's going to work out. Or do you bring in, because we, we were after Bishop from Man United? Yes, yeah, he's, yeah. He's he's highly rated. So, you know, how how much how much do you want to kind of really put someone in behind to push Patterson or you're quite happy to for one of the young lads to take a place on the bench. So, I honestly don't know which way they're going to go. Do you know what it is? Why not? Why not just give Richardson and Young those second and third choice berths? You look at the you look at the way we do things now and you look at the squad and the age of all these players. What makes the goalkeeping position any different to the rest of them? Mm. I mean, I get when people say, "Oh, you need an experienced option in there to push Patterson," but if if we let's just say, God forbid, Patterson gets an injury, right in August or September, I don't think it, I don't think they're bothered if they think if they think these lads are good enough, they're going to play because we've done it in every other position. And you know, I've watched Richardson and 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 Young on this on this preseason, and it's difficult to make sort of bold statements on either of them, given they've only played friendlies. But they look they look like good players, and if the club are looking at both of them and thinking we see both of these players as potential first team options, then to me, why would you go out and pay over a million quid for Man United's under twenty one goalkeeper when you've got two lads who you've invested a lot of a lot of capital in already and a lot of faith? You know, it it all depends on how highly they actually rate these two kids. But the fact that Young is starting games in preseason at sixteen year old tells me they rate him very, very, very highly. So, yeah. like, do you know what it is? I've got such a a relaxed approach to all of this. I just, <laughs> I like if if God forbid Patterson gets injured in the first game and we have to start Adam Richardson in the second game, I'm not asked. I just think mm. great. You know what I mean? I'm I'm just excited by it. And people might think I'm daft for saying that, but the, just look at the situation with Alex Bass, right? So we we we've needed a goalkeeper. We've went to League One to buy their Pompey's second choice goalkeeper. We've paid money for him, and he hasn't been happy. And he's gone after a year. What was the point in that? You know what I mean. And when he did play, he was shit. Let's be honest. So what's the point in it? What what like if if that's what you're gonna do? If if you're gonna go out and sign somebody on the basis that they're not actually gonna take the place off Patterson because we actually want to develop him and we want to keep keep pressing ahead with him through all the mistakes. There were plenty of mistakes last season and there was opportunities to drop him and they didn't. And that tells you a lot. What's the point in going out and spending money on a player who's only going to be here for a year? I don't, to me, like, you know, if they're good enough, they're, they're old enough and um, yeah. I'd be happy with, with them being the second and third choice in that respect. But like I say, it all comes down to what they actually think about them. I haven't seen enough of them to say definitively that that's what they should do. But, at the minute, the way things are run, like I trust everything, and if they decide that's the best course of action, then just I'm with it. You know, I agree with all that, and it suggests if they're chasing someone like Bishop, that they're in the market for a keeper, so that it suggests that they're shopping for one. But for me, it all depends on, and and I have no insight in this whatsoever. But for me, it probably boils down to Patterson's character. How much do the club think? he needs someone behind him who's actually going to 
challenge him for a first team place because if you have Richardson on the bench, nineteen year old, and I, again I don't know we've only we've only seen bits and pieces of him. Looks all right, but who knows? I don't see him all the time play for the for the under twenty ones. But it's just yeah, how much does Patterson need that? Because he'll know that if it's Richardson on the bench, then that's it. He's playing forty six games this season if he stays fit, and it's just whether the club think. Do we need someone who Patterson's looking over his shoulder all the time, and it'll push Patterson to to push himself? Because, like I said, the the, the just but you know human nature is what it is, and if he's not challenged, and someone else, some a young lad's on the bench who's not going to push him, then does he not not tail off, but does he just kind of come down a notch? Is the intensity not there? But yeah, that, that's suppose, that's the only question mark. I suppose you could say that. That exact situation is what played out last year. He had no real competition and he improved despite not having competition. So it's like, yeah. like I say, it's we'll true. see, won't we? But I, I'm not, I'm pretty relaxed on the goalkeeper thing. I see quite a lot of comments on social media from people being like, we need another goalkeeper. Particularly like, you know, Patterson got, and we'll come on to it in a second, he should have done better probably for the first goal. And people, their immediate reaction is, oh, we need, we need, Back up for Patterson, I think well, you're reading too much into it, in my opinion. It's pre-season. I look at his performances in the league last year and how quickly he improved. And um, there was a stage when I was a bit worried about him. I thought that his distribution was poor. I thought his claiming of crosses was poor. Come the end of the season, he'd, he'd boxed all of that off. And I just think, well, I would rather press ahead with you know, three lads that we believe in than bringing in somebody who we just see as backup and is probably going to leave after a year because they get frustrated from not playing. But that's just me, you know. People people listen to this might disagree. Feel free to slate us up by email on Twitter or whatever the rest of it. Um, yep, I'll be, I'll be typing the email after we finish. <laughs> uh, yeah, we might as well move on to the North Carolina game quickly. We uh, played North Carolina on Saturday morning, I guess. It feels weird saying that when it's like 12am, but it was technically Saturday morning when we played North Carolina to round off the pre-season tour and again, it was a fully rotated team. We we decided that it was best to go with a, a different team for 90 minutes or so. Unfortunately, though, you know, because of maybe the, the... And this is the other side, I guess, of the fact that these teams are playing a full pelt in, in the middle of the season. They're not going into tackles half-heartedly. They're, they're thundering into us, and we got a couple of knocks in the game. Sounds like by Mowbray's interview that, you know, the players who went off, they're all fine. But we went with a team which, to be honest, I felt was pretty strong. And again, it reaffirms that we've got a good squad. Patterson started in goal. We played Zach Johnson at right-back because Huggins didn't make the game. Guessing he's got a knock or something, which wouldn't surprise you really, would it? Um, Danny Bart played at the back with Jensen Sealed. He got his first game for Sunderland. Lyndon Gooch captained the team playing left-back. Then it was a midfield of Matetti and Bellingham with Roberts, Rigg, Clark and Bennett ahead of them. And... Again, like I say, you've got to remind yourself we fully rotated the team. This is this is a strong squad we've got now, and you're looking and you know not one of these players played in that first game, so it's it's promising really. But um, the game as a whole, to be honest, in comparison to the other two, it wasn't as good in terms of quality, and it's understandable. You know, North Carolina playing the league below the two two teams we've just played, um, but the quality probably wasn't there. For the most part, in terms of just the the overall game, it was probably played at a little bit more of a preseason pace than than the other two as well. Um, you know, we were four 0 at half time, but in the second half, I thought they tested us more because they 
they they rotated the team again. They brought on young lads, and you mentioned it. Young lads with pace and power and all the rest of it. And we tried to go on go on with the same the same players. And um, you know, bear you've got bear in mind as well. We we trained earlier in the day, so the lads have already been put through the paces in a training session. Then had to play ninety minutes in tough conditions against a fit team. Um, it was a decent decent performance, but I'm not reading too much into this one compared to the others because. At times the goals felt a little bit too easy to me. I don't know about you, but um, I don't think the North Carolina goalkeeper is going to be getting a contract off Sunderland anytime soon. I thought he was pretty poor, um, but you know we 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 cracked on, and I, I I think in the end, you know, it was a it was a decent run out. We just yeah, the opposition wasn't too great in this one. But um, before I bring you in on on your comments on the game, we'll quickly run through the goals. I guess the first one, Jamie Tetty scored. Uh, I thought it was a lovely goal. Chris, him and Chris Rigg linked up really well. I think Bangland plays at the Rig. Rig plays a a one two. I guess with with Matetti. Matetti passes it and just carries on running. Rig finds him with a great pass. Gets on the end of it. He's had a dodgy angle, and you're thinking he's never going to score from there. But I think the momentum of just running so fast, he has to lash it first time, and it's a good finish. But the goalkeeper probably has to do better. Matetti will be happy just to be in amongst the goals because it keeps him in the uh, in the manager's mind. And unfortunately, not long after that, he got clattered and tried to play on and couldn't and had to come off. And that meant that we had to bring on a player who'd, um, who'd not seen any action over the last couple of games, I guess, in Ellis Taylor. He came on and we had to shuffle the pack a bit. Rig went into midfield with Bellingham. And I just laughed to myself because, I had to, you know, Bellingham's 17 and Rig's 16, combined the age of 33. And that's Sunderland central midfield pairing. Um, but they did really well. We progressed, we kept going. Um, the second goal, which to be fair, you know, uh, I don't know. Again, they're, they're defending not not particularly great. Um, but Danny Bart, great ball from Roberts in fairness, but Danny Bart's just a better header of the ball than any of their players, I think, gets on the end of it to make it 2-0. And then it sort of it capitulated from there and for, for, for New, no, North, I said New Mexico again, North Carolina, because we got the uh, we got the third, not long after I think it was um, who got the third goal was it was it Jack Jack Clark got the fourth yeah. one didn't he? It was Roberts. Roberts, Roberts that's third. right. Yeah, that wasn't a bad move. Decent little passing move again. Clark played it into him on the edge of the box. He scuffs it with his wrong foot, and the keeper yeah. yeah shit by the keeper again really with his, with his right foot. Yeah, and then the fourth goal was Clark, and it was a mile offside, but he did well. Good finish. <laughs> I don't know how the linesman didn't see the offside though. He's a good five yards off before he gets the ball. Um and it was game over by half time, really, you know. We're going into half time and you're thinking, God, this could be a cricket score. But what happened was what happened in the other games, because we tried to plow on, uh, the fitness told and and we I think by the sort of sixtieth minute you're looking at our players and they're absolutely dead on their feet. Um but we cracked on and, and like I say, Seals came off at half time because he got he got a, did he get a knee in the bat or I can't remember what actually happened with him, but he got a canny canny whack and tried to play like on. Didn't knee. he? He was holding his knee, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he, he carried on till half time. Towards the end of the game, Zach Johnson pulled up with Cramp a couple of times. I think he played for about twenty minutes with Cramp and then gave in in the last minute. Hume came on for a couple of minutes just to see the game out for us. Their two goals, uh, just pace and power really against tired legs. You know, I'm not going to read. Too much into it. The first one, Patterson's got to probably do better. Like, ball bounces up in front of him, doesn't it? You know, he's got plenty of time to see it because the shot comes in from the from the wing. 
Um, you're expecting Patterson to maybe do a little bit better with that one. But the last one, I think it's just a really quick player up against tired legs. Bart should probably make a tackle, doesn't. Gooch backs off a little bit. And he, yeah, he lashed it in the bottom corner. It wasn't a bad finish. And yeah, as a fitness exercise, again, it tested us. Hopefully these aren't bad injuries that we've picked up. I think they were just knocks, as Mowbray said. And yeah, rounded off the tour pretty well. Another win. Five wins from five in pre-season. And um, I don't take any pleasure in pointing this out, but I think the last time we won every game in pre-season, we yeah. finished bottom yeah. of the Premier League with 15 points. <laughs> so you read into that what you will. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe we'll lose against Mallorca just to balance things up. But um, yeah, it can he run out. Yeah, it was. It was, and and I know you talked about the um the pace and the tempo not being great in in this last game, but I actually thought first twenty five minutes until you could you could argue until Matete went off, I thought it was really quick, and I thought Matete actually was was huge in kind of dictating it. It was all all Matete seemed to be driving us, and kind of everything seemed to be going through him and 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 Chris Rigg as well. You could argue, um. But but he he's he, he's looking really sharp in preseason. I like the look of Matete yeah. in preseason. He's come back and he hasn't he hasn't looked like he's well. You don't know what's happened behind the scenes, but certainly in games he's not looking like he's sulking. He's looking like he's ready for the challenge to to try and push for the first team. And it's 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 good to see because I I quite like Jim Matete. I mean he's not you know he's not a world beater, but when he's been on the pitch, he's it, you've noticed him because he's been up for it and he's he's done the thing. He's done certain things right. And actually, that first twenty-five minutes, I liked how we, even with short passes, we got the ball forward really quickly. Like we got from back to front within four or five passes, but with really short space of time. It was kind of quick fire passes, and before we knew it, we were on the edge of their box. And the other thing Matete has been doing in preseason, which I quite like, he's been he's been making ground by carrying the ball like huge distances and getting us. I think, I think that's his up, biggest up, strength. Up I think. Yeah. I think that's his biggest strength. I mean him him in the the middle of the park with Bellingham as well looked looked uh, looked really good. And like I said that the game's kind of changed I thought when when Matete got injured. Um it's a, it kind of the, the the pace the sting came out of the game a little bit cuz actually just before just before he got injured I did think um Matete was Matete was getting kind of uh, on the wrong side of a couple of their players with some of the tackles he was going in with, and I thought actually he might get hooked. I thought the same with Clark in the second half. There was a bit of needle between Clark and some of their players as well, and I thought yeah, he was arguing you know, he with might... the ref a bit as well, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, which is good. I mean, you don't preseason, but uh, but yeah, I mean the other thing, Danny Bart. I mean, he looked ancient. You know when the camera <laughs> went on him compared. To every, you know when he when the camera went on him in the box and he was just next to all these kids. He just looked he's like, like an old he's man. Like Wayne Lineker in a beat, isn't he? All you could see is Danny Bart above everyone, and he just looked like an old man playing with a bunch of like sixteen-year-olds. Definitely Wayne Lineker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was it was good. Uh, Chris Rigg as well. You know, Chris Rigg. I thought he he did really well. That ball to to Matete, I thought was like it was weighted just nicely for him, and Matete could run onto it and and do his thing. Good good finish as well. Um, yeah, it was, um, and and th- this kind of ninety-minute policy as well. I mean, let let's come on to that a little bit because yes, it evened the game up. It, it really pushed the players. I, but a couple of things I, d- I didn't quite get was the the whole Zach Johnson thing. If he's got cramp, and he took a he took a bit of a blow to the head at one point and went down, and I'm just like, and that was late in the game. And I just think bring him off. 
you know, yeah. pre-season. Yeah. Just bring them off. And I just thought, part of us really liked the fact we were pushing them 90 minutes and I thought, yep, yeah, no, that, that that's good. But another part of us was thinking, you're really risking injury. Like, some of the players were kind of pushing right to the limit and, you know, you there's probably pros and cons about that. I mean, I'm not, you know, we're not physios or <laughs> like that. We don't know kind of <laughs> going into the, uh, was it the red zone that Arsene Wenger used to call it when the <laughs> players are really pushed? But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It just, a couple of times I just thought, just bring him off if he's struggling. Just just kind of, you know, don't risk injury or anything like that. But, uh, and we, we picked up a couple, you know, like Matete, but that, that was nothing to do with fitness. That was him just charging <laughs> into every every tackle. Um, but, it, but in that sense, I think it was good because, you know, in the second half, they changed, I think they made six or seven changes. All young kids as well, like loads of legs, pace. Because you could, I mean, their um their second goal was just all about that like you said Gooch and Daddy Bart were absolutely knackered I mean they couldn't be asked to kind of just swing a foot while the, that young lad just waltzed around them I mean if that's in the first five minutes like they're both kind of swarming around him they've clattered him and they've got the ball and we've got a clear but you know an hour into the game in 40 degree heat um they didn't have the energy to put a tackle in by that point. They were absolutely <laughs> knackered. Um, but yeah, it was. I, th- I thought it was good. I thought it was good. G- good game um, uh, uh, until until the players got absolutely shattered. But it was interesting at that point that you know Mowbray just allowed them to struggle because we 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 struggled to keep hold of the ball. We struggled to. I, f- I felt sorry early on for Bennett until we changed the system, and I I, I have felt a bit sorry for for Bennett. I mean, he he got that good goal in the first game. And I just felt that playing them up front as a lone striker in this one it just is a bit of a waste of time for Bennett. I mean, you might as well you might as well have played Clark up in that position and let Bennett play out wide, and then see more of Bennett in his in his more natural position. Um, but um, but that's probably the only the only criticism I can I can kind of say at the. Um, I mean, he changed position when we changed to a. Um, to a back three when when Matete went off, but uh, but yeah, I mean all, all these things. It's funny because we're talking about all these things of the game, which actually shows that it was a it was a good run out and it was a good test. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we've managed to talk for forty odd minutes about it. So, <laughs> I mean, one thing we can say at least the Hurst didn't drive onto the pitch, although um, <laughs> it might have improved the pitch against New Mexico if somebody had drove on there and cut the grass up a bit for us. Um, but yeah, just like I say, a good a good tour. And I'm I'm over the moon that we we came away, plenty of positives, plenty of things to ponder, um, young players doing things which put them into the manager's mind, and you know I've watched Chris Rigg just grow in front of us, and he, he again we haven't really talked about him, but in that North Carolina game he he was fantastic. I thought you know played really really well. He looks every bit a first team player, and I'm sure he'll get his chance this season. What's been in, what's been interesting about Rigg is we've played him in that. He's almost been played in that Pritchard role. So the yes. same role Pritchard played against New Mexico, that's the role he played against North Carolina. And yeah. and with I thought that, you know, the partnership between Rig and Matete especially, they seem to link up quite a lot. But uh, it seems like if Rig's going to start games, he's not going to start games as a orthodox central midfielder. He's going to play in that kind of 10 role behind, behind a striker. Yeah, well, I think just you look, you know, although he's he's coping physically, um, it's a different ask asking him to play as an actual central midfield player in in yeah. the championship. 
as a ten, you get away with it a little bit more because yeah. your your main job is just linking up the players, isn't it, and allowing the two players behind you to do all the donkey work. Um, but yeah, I, I'm again just keep repeating myself, but really, really happy with with how it all went. Yeah, and the 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 other thing as well, you, you look at we've played five friendlies, um, eight in goals scored, ten conceded. So that's what an average an average scoreline of three two. Um, if we carry on like that, it's going to be some season, isn't it? Oh yes, I think so. Um, I mean, and Mowbray talked a little bit about it in his post match because he mentioned the goals that we've conceded and scored, mm. and um, it is worth pointing out that we haven't actually played our strongest team. So it's not like we've put the best defense we've got out. It's not like we've put the best attack out that we've got. Um, so you can't read too much into the goals conceded. I don't think. I think it's different gravy when you're playing against proper teams. Um, and that's no disrespect to the teams we played. I'm just you know South Shields, Gateshead, both non-league. The teams we've played out here in the, out here, I'm not in the US, of course, but out in the US, <laughs> not quite of the standard of, the, of a La Liga club like we're about to play. I think they're in La Liga, aren't they, Mallorca? And and then obviously going yeah, up the championship. Yeah, mid-table. Yeah, so finished, finished ninth, ninth in the league last season, so it should be a good game. Yeah, so we'll be back um, around that game after the game, probably talking about how we've um, battered Mallorca. Hopefully, it's a shame it wasn't away, but never mind. I'm not going to dwell too much on that. I just fancied a weekend <laughs> away somewhere. Um, quickly before we go, we did ask for some three word reviews for the US tour on Twitter, and I'm going to blast through them. So not any game in specific, just the tour as a whole. Uh, Ian Mackham says good run out. Rob Ellison Davidson says hopefully strikers incoming. Um, Anne Caldwell says young talents excel. Paul Jennings says no clean sheets. David at Snakefinger99, he says stay calm everyone. Joe Lewins says it's a start. Old Papa Mowbray says need more strikers. Ropper says goals, goals, goals. Uh, Mowbray's, Mowbray Belichick says USA goals galore. There we go. I think people are happy, put it that way. Everyone's happy with seeing the young players, all the goals. Puts us into a good mood going into the season. A little bit of momentum. That's all we want, We want really. You know, we talk a lot about, is is there anything we can read into performances and results in pre-season? And I'm always the first person, when we lose games, who stands and goes, ah, it doesn't matter, you can't read too much into it. But then when we're winning games, I can't help but get a little bit carried away. And that's the position I've found myself in. I can't help it. I just like yeah. watching my team score goals and win games and, um, you know, new signings doing well and kids coming through doing well. It It's all good. And, uh, you know, we might get brought back down to earth with that Mallorca game, but I guess we'll wait and see. Right now, really positive. Well, that's it. It's it's not it's not results at this stage. I mean, I'm when I'm when I'm watching these games, I'm I'm trying to focus on partnerships because yeah. the the way the way he's done his eleven, I I honestly think he's tried to set up certain partnerships in different games that that are likely to start the season and trying to trying to pick those out has been interesting because um, I think I think Mowbray's kind of shook up his squad quite well in in pre season, but even though he's completely split the squad at times. He still kept certain partnerships together. So it gives a clue, I think, for, for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, well, we'll be back after Mallorca. Cheers, Chris. No bother. Cheers, man. Thanks, as always. Thanks to the listeners. Thanks to everyone who contributed on Twitter to the Three Word Reviews. And we'll be back after Mallorca. We'll see you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.